0: Hey everybody, it's James Marino. Matt and I recorded today's show on Sunday evening about 9 p.m. And as luck would have it, about 10 p.m., we got a press release that SpongeBob SquarePants is announced their closing. So let me uh, read you a little bit of the press release. SpongeBob SquarePants, the Broadway musical, the critically acclaimed award-winning new musical, will conclude its Broadway engagement at the Palace Theater on Sunday, September 16, 2018, due to our previously planned theater renovations beginning mid-September. In early 2019, school and youth group licensing rights will be available with professional licensing to follow. Additionally, a North American tour will begin fall of 2019. Cities, venues, engagements, and casting to be announced at a later date. The production, which began previews on November 6, 2017, and opened on December 4, 2017, will have played 327 regular performances and 29 previews. Now on to the regular show.
1: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 9, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, happy Monday! We're back to what I think is going to be a normal week after the holidays and my trip. We hadn't really had a good, solid normal week, so I think, I think this is uh, this is going to be one. So we'll 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 play that by ear, though. Crossing all our fingers and toes. Yes, all uh, all six of them. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yesterday on this week on Broadway, you interviewed the fantastic Nancy Anderson. She had some uh, some great stories. You guys also reviewed the uh all yiddish production of fiddler on the roof directed by joel gray uh the public theater's teenage dick a teenage uh, uh adaptation of richard iii on a clear day you can see forever at the irish rep um, i think peter since he didn't do it last week uh, got to talk about carmen jones yeah and then you guys talked about this is the name of a play laura bush killed a guy over at the flea which believe it or not is a true story. Uh, Laura Bush actually did kill a guy. So, uh, uh, anything that st- what stands out from the uh, from the episode, James, either in the reviews or in talking with Nancy. Well, I have to say, Peter
0: gave Carmen Jones a rave and said it absolutely mm. should transfer. And he uh, he didn't hear last week's show, uh, and he said, you know, obviously it's not going to transfer to Circle in the Square, but maybe maybe uh, New World
1: Stages,
0: which is interesting.
1: Mm. To keep it to a more commercial off Broadway yeah. run, uh
0: uh-huh. huh, hmm.
1: interesting. But he th- raved
0: about it. He loved Carmen I, Jones. I did too. He also raved about Fiddler in Yiddish, and <laughs> he, uh, we talked about um, that production, and he he said it is possibly the best Fiddler he's ever seen.
1: And I and I have a feeling he's seen all of. He's them. seen
0: twenty or so Fiddlers. Yeah.
1: Uh, and wow, Nancy that's Anderson, high praise, yeah.
0: And Nancy Anderson was a great interview, and we talked about uh Anna Green Gables that she's doing right now. We had some stories about her going on for Glenn Close and Sunset Boulevard and how she had <laughs> she really wasn't prepared and wasn't. <laughs> and It's a very funny story, so yeah. uh, you nothing, know.
1: nothing like rehearsing on the subway,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh. Let's go to the first story of the day. This is something that we didn't really know if we should talk about. Let's just get into it. Uh, An investigation is open to explore the suicide of
1: longtime Chicago standby, Jeff Luffelholz. Yeah, Uh, and if we mispronounce that, we apologize. We both tried to find uh, pronunciations online, and we couldn't do it. So we'll stick with that. If anyone knows the correct pronunciation, and if it differs, please let us know. But, James, this is one of those stories that I feel— completely unsuited and uncomfortable discussing beyond reporting the facts. So I'm not going to have a whole lot to say about this beyond the basics because I I don't feel comfortable even based off the facts that we have. I'm not 100 percent comfortable talking about them as they are, but we'll get to that. Um, But last week it was reported that Jeff Lovell Holes, who had been a member of the Broadway revival of Chicago since it opened in 1996, had committed suicide in late June. First, uh, before we get into the controversial aspects of this story, let us say that our thoughts are with Jeff's friends and family, especially his partner of 33 years, Peter De La Cruz. Um, There are a lot of people who are very um, emotionally upset by this whole situation with obvious good reason. But uh, so our our thoughts and, and well wishes go out to them. Now, the first word that we really heard about this centered on a blog called Justice for Jeff. The blog alleges that the longtime Mary Sunshine standby took his own life, at least in part because of a rehearsal featuring the show's director Walter Bobby and current musical dire- or music director Leslie Stifelman. according to tec- text messages that Jeff sent that day, the rehearsal felt very personal and very um, pointed and aimed directly at him. I don't want to get into a lot of these uh, accusations and assumptions, but if you want to get into those in more detail um, of what allegedly happened during that rehearsal and what may or may not have followed after that, feel free to visit the blog. Uh, The theory is that because Jeff was on a run-of-play contract, um, that meant that he could not be removed from the show unless the show closed, he quit, or he was fired with cause. Now, the show could – have bought out his contract, but it would have required a heftier buyout than normal. And according to the blog, quote, if the producers wish to fire Luffelholes, which not technically firing him, but to be buying him out, under the terms of his contract, that would require a buyout of 15 weeks at maximum salary. That would result in a buyout to level holes of over $30,000. So some of Jeff's loved ones um, are frankly laying the blame for his death at the feet of Bobby Stifelman and the producers Fran and Barry Weisler. The production has hired an attorney to conduct a, quote, exhaustive investigation on an expedited basis. For their part, Actors of Equity announced that they would be monitoring the, monitoring the situation and the investigation and getting involved as needed in the future. Now, I, I do think that it is important to say that, other than a brief statement from the production, which was likely first vetted by an attorney, almost all of the information that we have on this situation comes from the Justice for Jeff blog. So it is probably prudent to realize that this is one side of a story to which there are likely very many, which is why I'm a little hesitant, James, to kind of lean too heavily into any of this, because none of this is coming from um a journalistic uh, background. Page Six did do a story on it. But it's page six. That's a gossip column. But anyway, James, this this topic has become fairly fiery on social media. And trust me, the Broadway World message board as well, with people discussing, uh, the, the situation itself, everything tangential to it, bullying in the professional theater, uh, mental health and much, much more. So I think that this will continue to be a topic for discussion for a while. I, I don't know, James. I, I feel comfortable that I don't think we need to discuss it um, much more until more credibly reported news comes out. But when it comes down to it, everything about this story is just awful.
0: Yeah, it is terrible. uh, And we should reinforce that, you know, when Matt and I do these today on Broadways or anything else on Broadway radio, we we don't come at committed from a journalistic standpoint we are mm-hmm. uh, re-reporting what has been said elsewhere in other you know generally uh, acknowledged theater uh, sources you know whether they be Broadway World or one of the other major websites or the New York Times or another major outlet like, outlet like this so we're going to wait until some of these other major outlets uh, say, say more definitively and do their investigative work upon it but uh, on you know social media has really um, whether it be Twitter or Facebook of the major sources that i 've seen uh, so many actors reporting uh, in their own s- stories of what has happened in different productions outside of the Chicago universe with different, all different things for many uh, for many years and this is something I, I know nothing of, and it's, it's terrifying and starkly interesting to find this out. And the best disinfectant is sunlight. So let's hope that more of this comes to, comes to light, and we'll find out what really happened here. But it's a, it's a terrible, tragic story.
1: Yeah. And let me be clear, because I I feel like I was trying not to get into the weeds on some of these accusations. But it's probably important to, to mention that the theory is that because they didn't want to pay the thirty thousand dollars to buy out Loffelholz's contract, that the director and the music director and perhaps the producers you know, who hold the purse strings were trying to make uh, Holse's experience in the show so negative that he would quit on his own. That's the theory. Again, I'm a little uncomfortable even mentioning. That, but I wanted to complete that circle to make sure that everybody understood what the theories out there actually were.
0: Yeah, and you could, and and those theories are directly from uh, the Justice for Jeffrey blog, and we'll link to that in the show notes so that people can uh, read it and form their own opinions around it. Okay what's uh, coming up in this week's theatrical
1: schedule? All right. finally after uh, a construction related delay, previews will begin for the world premiere of Moulin Rouge, the musical at the Emerson Colonial Theater in Boston, directed by Alex Timbers and featuring a book by Tony winner John Logan. Uh, This show is highly anticipated um, and I've heard some rumors that they were actually going to be adding new more contemporary songs to the already jukebox score, including perhaps one by the one and only Lady Gaga. Other uh, other way, other, or Either way, the show will star Karen Olivo, Aaron Tveit, Danny Burstein, Tam Mutu, and more. Currently, the show will play uh, in Boston through the extended date of August 19th. Uh, according to the New York Times last week that this show is still planning on coming to Broadway next season, which I think is a mistake. But, um, you know, for obvious reasons, the producers don't want to have to open this one and King Kong during the same season. I would do it anyway. But anyway, um, that's on Tuesday uh, the 10th. Then on Wednesday... July 11th, James' second favorite holiday behind March 14th. Um, uh, Performances begin um, for the two-day run of Encore's Off Center's Gone Missing. This special engagement honors the work of composer and Off Center artistic director Michael Friedman, who died fairly suddenly due to complications related to AIDS last summer. The show is from the civilians. It is a 2003 docu-musical which Friedman wrote the score for about the physical objects that real people had lost. The two-night concert will star John Bale Susan Blackwell, Taylor Mac, and more. Moving on to Thursday the 12th, we have two off-Broadway openings. The first is This Ain't No Disco at the Atlantic Theater. This new musical by Stephen Trask, Peter Uranowitz, and Rick Ellis, directed by Darko Treznik and choreographed by Camille A. Brown, has gotten quite a bit of discussion over on the Broadway World Message Board, so if you want to check that out, that's some interesting conversation. Starring Christina Alabado, Chalina Kennedy, and more, the show is set against the grit, the garbage strikes, the graffiti of 1979 New York City, and tells the story of drifters and dreamers searching for their place in the night world of Studio 54 and Mud Club. I don't know what that is. The show is currently scheduled to run through August 12th. Also opening that night will be Mary Page Marlowe's New York premiere at Second Stage Theater. That is Tracy Letts's new play directed by Lila Neugebauer. I realized that I've been after I finally heard some people say her name. We've been saying it wrong. So Lila Neugebauer, um, that officially opens on Thursday night, starring Blair Brown, Grace Gummer, Tatiana Maslany, Kelly Overbay, and more, many, many more. Uh, The show looks back at the life of a complicated woman with multiple actresses playing her throughout her career. This is a show that I built my trip to New York around last month, but I saw it during the first week of preview, so I won't be discussing it here, even though I bought my ticket and I'm under no obligation to do so. But if you have questions hit me up on Twitter because uh, I've got thoughts. Uh, the show is currently scheduled to also run through August 12th. Then on uh, on Friday, James down in the nation's capital or up in the nation's capital, depending on where you are, the world premiere of the new musical adaptation of the film Dave begins previews at DC's Arena Stage with a book by Nell Benjamin and the late Thomas Meehan and a score by Benjamin, lyrics and music by Tom Kitt. Tina Landau directs Drew Galing, Mamie Paris, uh, Brian Ha, Marie Parham, Douglas Sills, and more. Galing plays both the president and his doppelganger, Dave, who is asked to step in when the president falls ill. The production is currently scheduled to run through August 19th. Then on Sunday, the official opening for the immersive off-Broadway run of Train Spotting uh, it officially opens at the Roy Area Stages on Eighth Avenue. That show, uh, based on the film of the same name, is quite gritty and quite exciting. Comes over from London. That is currently on sale through my dad's birthday, August twenty-fifth. Also on Sunday, a bunch of stuff closing. On Broadway, Angels in America in Cambridge, Massachusetts; Jagged Little Pill in Chicago; The Share Show off Broadway; Sugar in Our Wounds at MTC, and uh, Log Cabin at Playwrights Horizon. So, lots of stuff going on this week, James.
0: So the uh, I wanted to say something about Moulin Rouge. You, if, yes. If uh, Lady Gaga does uh, yes, have a song Gaga. that's added to it, um, could what would you think about? Um, Moulin Rouge doing sort of a producer's thing. It was adapted into a musical and then the musical was adapted back into a movie musical. And so if Gaga yeah. throws a song in there and depending upon how star is born goes, which early uh, buzz on the star is born is really,
1: really good. Yeah. So uh, I think, know. I think the only difference is, is that the producer's movie, the original wasn't, a musical. Um, it had some of those songs for the musical in the movie, but I, I think that would be a little harder to adapt a musical to the stage back to the screen but who knows crazier things have happened especially because it's only been like 20 years where you know the producers movie came out in the 60s but who knows i i would you know honestly if you would have told me that lady gaga or stephanie whatever her name is i can't think of her last name was going to actually star in this production before karen olivo obviously i'd have believed you i i I could have seen that
0: (laughs) and then the saint no disco uh you know, if the chessboard of Broadway theaters happens, and don't maybe, worry about it. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> what if Kiss Me Kate goes to the Sondheim, leaving Fifty Four open? And Saint Nozisco goes to the no. Fifty Four. You have a show about a show about. You
1: know. It's not not going to matter. <laughs> okay. Not. The, uh, we'll, we'll we'll wait to uh, Thursday to confirm, but I don't think it's going to matter. All right. Okay, Matt. Uh, What else do you have in other news? All right. Last week, Michael Riedel reported in the New York Post that Dame Diana Rigg is having a bit of a problem with Lauren Ambrose's move to no longer play Sunday performances of My Fair Lady and how the production handled that decision. Riggs says that she thinks the world of Ambrose and that she's giving a definitive performance as Eliza Doolittle, but in an email obtained by the Post, no word on how they obtained it, other than, you know, maybe Diana Riggs sent it to Michael Riedel, but either way, um, in an email obtained by the Post, she said, quote, "'Call me old-fashioned, which I unashamedly am, but I don't think this development is fair to audiences. They have booked their seats in advance, paying an exorbitant price for them to see what they have been led to believe is the original cast.'" The very least we can do as actors is to acknowledge their presence as a privilege and take care never to abuse it. The show must go on with all principles, she says. Um, if you want to read the full article and more of Riggs's statements, check out the show notes. She, this email apparently was, you know, I think supposedly going to be in-house and not supposed to be made public, but um, so she had nothing but good things to say about Ambrose and, and really directed a lot of her comments more towards the younger generation. But that's an interesting discussion, James. We kind of had the same kind of thing hmm. uh, yeah. when this was announced. So, I, you know, I, I can understand it on all sides. But anyway, also last week it was announced that Soho Rep had extended Jackie Sibley Drury's Fairview or Sibley's Drury's Fairview for a second time. Uh, it was a critically acclaimed show. It was directed by Sarah Benson. It will now run through August 12th. And finally, following the announcement that Glenda Jackson would return to Broadway later this season in the title role of King Lear, our very own Julie Musback wrote a really fun article at Broadway Road about the recent trend of gender-bending Shakespearean roles, including Jackson's previous run as Lear, Michelle Terry as Henry V, that Shakespeare in the Park's all female, Taming of the Shrew from a few seasons ago, and more. It's a really great read, um, and so if you miss Julie while she's been over at Scot- in Scotland this summer, check that out. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com all right
0: matt why don't you get us out of here
1: all right thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook and twitter at broadway radio you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt
0: and my name is james marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com thanks for kicking off the week with us and matt and i'll be back and talk with you tomorrow